Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips. Once again, no Jeff Torrey today, so I'm sorry for all you Jeff Torrey fans. You got no Jeff today. He'll be back Thursday night, which I guess is kind of a disappointment because tonight's waiver wire episode and Jeff has been a Justin Jefferson guy every, you know, as many times as we could talk about it in the offseason. Jeff, you know, hyped up Justin Jefferson and the week that Justin Jefferson is going to make our waiver wire show, Jeff is nowhere to be found. So he can talk about that Thursday night, which I, it's uh, it was a good call on his part if this can continue. Either way, Jefferson looked great. We'll talk about him in a minute. But before we do that, make sure you guys go check us out on Twitter at the FF Profit or Instagram, Fantasy Football Profit. The website's fantasyfootballprofit.com. And then you go check us out on YouTube as well, youtube.com slash fantasy football profit. So before we jump into waiver wire today, I want to talk about the Monday night game and the Sunday night game, which we didn't get to talk about yesterday. So Monday night game just wrapped up. Chiefs win 34-20 over Baltimore. Chiefs had the thing pretty much in control most of the game. Baltimore came within a score there, but it was all Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes went crazy in the first half to put up big numbers. Second half, not so much, but ends up being a just a terrific game for him again. With 385 yards, four touchdowns, the guy's just unstoppable. He uh, spread the ball around on the touchdowns there. Sherman caught one. Fisher caught one, the left tackle. Tyreek Hill did catch one, and McCole Hardman caught one as well. Um, Hill had five catches for 77. The yardage leader was Travis Kelsey with six for 87. And the receptions leader was actually Sammy Watkins with seven, who had seven for 62. So spreading the ball everywhere there for Mahomes. I mean, can't go wrong with Mahomes. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 20 carries, only turned it into 64 yards. He caught five balls, though, for 70. So we had a nice 134 total yards on the game. So that was, you know, if that's the worst you're going to get from him on the ground, you'll, you'll take that because it's all his backfield of the 20 carries. Thompson and Williams add two apiece. So they're just not – they're not involved. It's it's all Edwards-Alaire. So you, you'll take it. It's a, it's a bad yards per carry game, but who cares? You know, he got 134 total yards. That's really all that matters. The Ravens side of things. This was the Lamar Jackson you don't want to see here. Um, 15 to 28, 97 yards, one touchdown, throwing the ball. He carried the ball nine times for 83. So, again, we talked about this a lot last year at the beginning of the year before he really turned it on. Is Even at his worst, he at least gets you the rushing yards to make it okay. But even this one really wasn't okay from a points perspective. It was a really poor game for Lamar. And we're not seeing quite the same Lamar Jackson for, you know, the last two weeks as we did last year. So, I mean, I'm not going to get worried. This is a tough matchup. It's Lamar Jackson still, a, you know, amazing quarterback. But we maybe we don't just plug him in there at the top anymore. I mean, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, those guys have been terrific. And Lamar is maybe just not an automatic one right now. Um, other players on the ground, it was actually, other than Jackson, it was led by Gus Edwards with four for 39. Mark Ingram, seven for 30. He had uh, no catches off a target. J.K. Dobbins, one for six. He did catch four for 38. And then uh, through the air, I mean, you see, based on Lamar Jackson's numbers, nothing's getting going here today. Mark Andrews, three catches, 22. Marquise Brown, two for 13. Just terrible. <laughs> Nick Boyle gets the one touchdown on a five-yarder. Uh, Duvernay looked great on the kick return, but it's just not much going. I don't know what I don't know what to say about that from Baltimore. It's a, it was a tough game. 
Um, they, they should bounce back. They're, they're obviously a great team. I wouldn't really I just put this one behind them. doesn't really make a difference. Um, they'll be fine. So moving on to Sunday night game, we had the Packers-Saints. Packers won that thing 37-30. to Aaron Rodgers, great season continues, 283 yards passing, three touchdowns, no picks. It was a huge game for Alan Lazard. So again, where's Jeff when you need him here? Another one of Jeff's, I guess we'd call Jeff's guys, right? Justin Jefferson, Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard, six catches, 146 yards and a touchdown without um, Devonta Adams, obviously. But Lazard showed he can play, and right there, we've been talking about this, you know, last couple weeks is it Lazard is it Valdez Scantling which one's the true number two I think Lazard just put his case to be the true number two right there with that game um on the ground Aaron Jones got himself 16 carries for 69 yards he got a touchdown out of it two catches 17 yards so you know solid game for the Packers Saints you know a decent game for Drew Brees without Michael Thomas there I would say 29 36 288 yards three touchdowns very very solid and most of those going to Alvin Kamara 13 catches 139 yards, two touchdowns there. He only ran the ball six times, but got 58 yards out of that. Kamara's up. He's amazing. He just is. Great, great player. Latavius Murray did get 12 carries, turned it into 58. Manuel Sanders caught four for 56, got himself a touchdown. Traquan, I was hoping for a little better game from him, but four for 42 for him. So, all right, that wraps up all of our games that we didn't get to talk about. So, jumping in to waiver wire. So, I'm, I I guess I cheated a little bit this week on waiver wire, and I jumped it up to the 50% mark. Normally, we go, um, we only touch on players that are owned in 40% of ESPN leagues or less. I'm going up to 50% this week. But number one on my list, I'm, I guess the theme of this week is going to be, you know, rookie receivers, really. There's, let's see, what I've got, one, two, three, I think four, at least four rookie receivers on this list today. And it's going to start off with Justin Jefferson. Jefferson, you know, wide receiver for the Vikings. He played terrific last week. Cousins was really looking for him. Adam Thielen didn't have much of a game. So Justin Jefferson, he's not going to do that every week, obviously. But he is going to be an effective player who is going to have a role. So Justin Jefferson should be on your bench at least. You don't I mean... I don't know about plugging him into the lineup necessarily next week, but he should be somebody who's on your bench. And at this point, I'm sure there's somebody we can drop, right, to make room for a player of that caliber. So Justin Jefferson in his third game in the league, putting up big numbers, one of the top receivers for the week. I don't see how you don't find a way to put him on your team. So Justin Jefferson ended up being my number one waiver ad of the week. And he is, uh, let's see, 33.5% owned currently in ESPN League. So he's out there in quite a bit. Number two, I went with Alan Lazard, who had a, you know, just talked about that huge game. I know Adams will be coming back, but I think Lazard is going to be useful and going to be in part of this offense. He's 39% owned right now. And I think you can, I mean, he's, you know, this game was the big game. The two before that, he had, what, five targets and four targets, which isn't, well, massive. He at least was getting something. I think uh, in week one, he did get the touchdown as well. made it a better game. So Alan Lazard, go pick him up as well. I think it'd be, he definitely should be on a team. Then I got a couple uh, Patriots running backs, which if you're hurting for running backs, this last week was the week when everyone was out there. This isn't really that week. Uh, Rex Burkhead, Sony Michelle, uh, you know, <laughs> exactly how they're going to be used. I'm not sure. I think it's probably more, you know, more of a sure thing that Burkhead's going to consistently have a role on this team. Sony Michelle could be passed up by a returning Damian Harris here at some point, which actually Damian Harris, I think, is uh, worth a stash as well on your team. I wouldn't, you know, if you're in a deeper, if a deeper bench, you have some kind of room. Damian Harris maybe is a stash, but 
Burkhead, Michelle, they got to at least be looked at. I would not, honestly, I feel more confident in Burkhead, but this is the Patriots, and this is what we always do. This is every single year. You can't trust who Belichick is going to use, right? Because you got these three running backs, or two running backs here, and maybe Damian Harris, but they're probably not as good as runners as the quarterback, as Cam Newton. So it's tough to really add them, but they're on the list. I would say ahead of them, you definitely draft, My- or you definitely add Miles Gaskin who I think was just yet under that 50% mark when I um, put this list together. 45.8% owned yet for Miles Gaskin. He's the clear one in that Miami backfield. So go pick him up. Well, as soon as I say that, of course, maybe Matt Breda will finally come on, which I guess is still, I'm hoping, but it doesn't seem very likely. Miles Gaskin is the number one there. He should be on every single roster right now, and he's only less than 50% owned yet. And here we go couple more rookie wide receivers. I'll throw three of them right here. Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, LaVisca Chenault. So you got Ayuk and Chenault are interesting to me because they're being used not just through the air there. Both have been getting some carries. So obviously these teams want to get those two involved and find a way to use both of them. They're they're a little hard to use right now. I I do believe that. It's not going to be consistent. But you can see the effort to get them involved. So like Chenault here, he's 35% owned currently in ESPN leagues. This past game, he had five catches, 33 yards. Only had one carry. But the week before, three for 35, five carries for 37 yards. The week before, three catches, 37 yards, a touchdown, and two carries. So they're finding a way to get him involved in the offense, and I love to see that. And so Brandon Ayuk comes in. He was injured, obviously, early on. He came back in week two, kind of got involved in the offense a little bit, but week three is where he finally, you know, shined, you would say. Five catches, 70 yards, off eight targets. He also had three carries for 31 yards and a touchdown. They're looking for a way to use him, and you you love to see that, especially with a team that needs the help at wide receiver. Debo Samuel's not back yet. George Kittle's been injured. They need, Mostert's hurt, uh, the running back Coleman's hurt. They need playmakers, and Ayuk maybe can be that. And then we have T. Higgins. So T. Higgins not, not being used to that level like Chenault and um, uh, Chenault and Ayuk are being used. But Higgins, in week two, he had three catches for 35 yards off six targets. And this past week, five catches, 40 yards off nine targets. But the big thing is there, he turned him into two touchdowns. So they are, they are looking for him for sure. And he jumped, um, let's see here. He, yeah, you know. He had three red zone targets uh, Sunday. Got two of them for scores. It's just he's he was being looked at there in the red zone. So T. Higgins again. I'm not going to maybe throw him in my lineup next week, but you put him on your bench, and if it happens again, make the move there. Uh, here we go. We've got a running back, a veteran running back, Carlos Hyde for the Seahawks, and this is just waiting to see what happens here with Chris Carson. It's a knee sprain. How severe it is, we don't really know. Will he miss time? Will he not? Not sure as of uh, Monday night recording this, but you go pick up a Hyde to just, to just in case. Hyde should be the guy. I know Travis Homer's there as well, but I believe it would be Hyde. So go throw him on your bench. Andy Isabella, how about we talk about him for the Cardinals? Without uh, Christian Kirk there, Isabella was, you know, the number, I don't even know if he was number two. So Fitzgerald, obviously, still, it's, it's, it's in order to be Hopkins. Fitzgerald, I think, is still the number two in, like, routes run and everything like that. And then you got Andy Isabella, who's there. I mean, Keyshawn Johnson probably played just as much as Andy Isabella, but he got the two touchdowns. And sometimes that can turn into something in the future. It might not mean 
you know, maybe they weren't looking for him necessarily as that yet, but when he pulls off that kind of game, you know, it could change to his favor, especially if Kirk is to miss any more time. So Andy Isabella is worth, he's worth looking at, I would say, on your team. Uh, James Washington for the Steelers. This is just kind of, uh, you know, waiting to see again. Is Deontay Johnson going to be back for week four with, you know, with the concussion? We'll see if he comes back or not. If not, you know, James Washington is worth an ad there. I'm going to throw, you know, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw Alshon Jeffrey here. So Alshon, he should be coming back possibly, you would think, this upcoming week or very soon here. Um, and with Deshaun Jackson not hurt, Jalen Rager's hurt, uh, Dallas Goddard's hurt. Will Jeffrey play? We, we're not, it's not 100% sure he'll play week four, but he's going to ramp up and practice this week, and we'll see. And if he does, maybe we're, maybe we've just completely, you know, forgotten about Alshon and we shouldn't. He's owned in 13.8% of leagues. Haven't really been expecting much from him, but with all the injuries there, it, you know, becomes something that, you know, I might have to look at. And, you know, it might not be, um, you're not going to throw me the line in front of way, but we'll see what happens there. Then we got a couple tight ends here. Mo Ali Cox from the Colts. I've liked what I've seen from him in the, you know, these last two weeks. And I think he can beat, I think he can take that job from Jack Doyle. I'm not terribly concerned with, with Doyle there. And Mo Ali Cox though, he's uh, 8.6% owned. He had uh, three catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. He's become involved with this offense, and I can see that starting to get get more involved. So he's possibly worth an add. And also Jimmy Graham here. So Jimmy Graham, I guess pretty much everyone just thought Jimmy Graham's done, right, going into this year. Not expecting much from him, and I'm not even sure how much he really truly can play. But he's going to be a target near the red zone. He caught a, he caught a touchdown in week one. He caught two in week three. If, and he had nine targets. So if you're hurting for tight end help, you know what? It's possible Graham is going to be that red zone guy. And we'll see how that plays out. I mean, I think you have to be a little more desperate to go to the Jimmy Graham route, but there are some people that could be that way. And then I'll throw Adrian Peterson here because Adrian Peterson for the Lions was was their number one back last week. It was it was a clear-cut number one. I still believe this changes to DeAndre Swift at some point, but that some point's not here yet. And if Matt Patricia doesn't feel like DeAndre Swift is ready, he's not going to just throw him out there. He needs to win. Matt Patricia needs to win to keep his job, and he feels right now that Adrian Peterson gives him the best shot to win. So I get what he, I get why he's playing him. I mean, personally, even as a Lions fan, I would love to see Swift. I want to, you drafted Swift in the second round, early second round. He is, was one of the most talented running backs in the draft. I'd love to see what he can do, but I mean, I get why they have not gone to him in that way yet. And it probably won't, probably won't change here for a bit. Then I'll throw out a couple streaming options. I'll get a streaming quarterback, streaming defense. So my streaming quarterback for the week it's going to be Jared Goff. Jared Goff, 37.4% owned. He um, had a decent game against Buffalo, decent game against Philadelphia, and this week he gets to play the Giants at home. So I, I like that for Jared Goff. So if you're looking for a quarterback to pick up, go. I think Jared Goff is a solid streamer for you this week. And then my streaming defense is going to be the Denver Broncos I'm going to go with. They're 41.3% owned, playing against the Jets. Pretty simple. Jets are terrible. It's... Broncos are adequate, right? That's all you got to be right now to do well against the Jets, I believe. So go pick up the Broncos. 
So, all right, that will do it for Waiver Wire Week 4. I'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to talk a little ranks for Week 4. If you have any, uh, you know, some start-sit questions, stuff like that, get them into us. Uh, Thursday, I'll be doing a mailbag segment show. So get those questions in to us as well for that. And talk to you guys tomorrow.